Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. last week of Toxic, and what I have come to understand is that this series could have been a, each sermon could have been a whole series on its own, and this sermon is no different. Um, and so today I want to talk to you about plane fights and storage units, plane fights and storage units. Last week, if you missed it, Ryan Summers was here, um, and he preached an outstanding message on the toxic aspect of distractions. And I would encourage every single one of us, if you're a teenager, all the way to being a grandparent, man, he knocked it out of the park. He just preached a great message. And one of the lines he said was this, that really stuck with me. He said, good things become toxic things when they keep us from the God things. Good things become toxic things when they keep us from the God things. And I thought, man, that is so true and that is so accurate. And so today, we are going to be talking about a good thing that has been not taught on properly, that has been misrepresented, that has probably been talked about worse in church than anywhere else, not necessarily this church, but church in general. And today, we're going to be talking about money. Ding, 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 ding. You just showed up. Right day. You win. You win. You're a winner. Um, some of you are like, really, bro? You're going to preach about money? We just took up a past appreciation offering for you. What more do you want? Um, I, I, I know. I know. Timing could not be better on my end for this. But um, one of the things about money is that money has been taught for a long time that money's evil, that money's bad. And I want you to hear something today. Money in itself is not bad. Money's a good thing, amen, right? Like, let's just be real today, and and you can relax. I know the pastor's talking about money, and people get funny when I talk about money. Relax, offering buckets are not gonna be passed back through, okay? Relax, everybody breathe, we're good here. But people get really funny when we do talk about money within the church. But it is amazing to me uh, that something so good can become so toxic so quickly when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ. And money that is inherently a good thing can become a very bad, uh, uh, crippling thing in our life if it keeps us from handling it, handling it the way God has instructed us to handle it. So, I, I, and, and here's what happens. I, I heard one of my mentors say this. He goes, Justin, money is a great servant but a horrible master. And I thought, man, that is just so true. And some of us, we're just a slave to our money. And today I want to talk to you about the topic 
of greed. So some of you can breathe. You're like, okay, he's not just talking about tithing. He's talking about something else. And greed defined means this. Greed defined means this. It means selfish desires for more than is needed. Wanting it all and doing whatever it takes to get it. Right? You know people like that. I know people like wanting it all and doing whatever it takes to, to get it. In the Greek, it means to covet. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, like thou shalt not covet. All these, some, some of us are like, okay, I'm getting a handle on what greed really is. And, and here's the deal about greed. The tricky thing about greed is this. It's really easy for us to identify it in others. Say, oh, they're a greedy person. Oh, they're, they're just, they're doing whatever it takes to get more and get more and get more. But it's really hard to self-diagnose. And so there's some stats I want to share with you today, uh, just that, that, man, we realize that as a culture, as, as followers of Christ in this culture, in this nation, in this state, in this city, we have an issue with greed. We have a problem, just the reality of it, with greed. And, and so let me give you some stats. Only 5% of Christians worldwide, according to the Barna research, uh, worldwide tithe. This is for the world. Um, only 2.5% of Christians in the U.S. tithe or give on a regular basis. So this is a tithing message some of you are saying. No, no, no. It's, it's way bigger than that. Keep, keep listening. Families making 75000 or more, um, only 1% of them give 10% of their income away to the church or are tithing. Think of that. 75,000 or more, only 1% of that, that culture is, is tithing. Stat three, 16 out of 38 parables that Jesus taught involved money. One out of every 10 verses in the gospel, 288 in all, deal directly with money or possessions. 15% of Jesus' teaching was on money or possessions. He talked more about money than he did Heaven and hell combined. And, and here's why this is such a big deal. Jesus talked a lot about it. It was a big deal to him, but because it makes people feel really weird and awkward, pastors don't like talking about it. Well, you got the wrong pastor for that, because I love making people feel weird and awkward. And we want to divorce our finances from our faith, but Jesus saw them both as the same. You can't divorce your finances apart from your faith. That's why Jesus talked about it so much. Last weekend, um, on our way back from San Diego, we're, we're, we caught a flight from Denver to Tulsa because you can't fly directly to anywhere from Tulsa. I, dear God, help us. Um, oh, we can go to Dallas and Chicago right on. Um, here's the deal. Is we're, we're flying back from Denver on Southwest Airlines. I'm going to say it was flight 738. It's not. It just makes for a better dramatic story. Um, and I dealt with something I never thought I would deal with in my entire life. And I'm glad that my family was with me because half of you think I make up my stories. This is just the life God has blessed me with. Um, and so... We're about 30 minutes into our flight on flight 738 Southwest from Denver to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And all of a sudden, 30 minutes in, we're about 10 rows back from the cockpit, two rows from the cockpit. The, the, the flight attendant is walking and she starts flipping out, starts yelling, losing her mind. No, stop it, stop it. And like starts reaching over. And what does all the plane do? It's like a mid-high fight, right? Where everybody gathers around. Nobody's helping. You're just checking out like fight, 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 fight. Everybody starts doing the little ostrich neck like, what's going on? Like, what? Like grabbing the seat, looking like little meerkats. Like, I see him, right? That's why. That's what you do anytime. Like, okay. Um, and so everybody's meerkat and looking at what's going on. And I look up. I'm, I'm eight rows from where this is happening. 
And there is a fight that has broke out. Second row of the plane. And the flight attendant, she comes flying off. She can't break it up. And she goes, I can't. I need help. Can I tell you, when I heard I need help, I'm unbuckled, man. It is like I just went Clark Kent. Everybody else is still meerkatting. Like, oh, that's a big guy. He just got up. And I'm like, and Casey's like, no, Justin, no go. I just, I'm like, no. We are not going down, babe. Just telling you. I run up there, I don't know what to expect, okay? So if you're wondering what type of guy I am, I'm the one that runs into danger. Um, <laughs> despite breaking out, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if it's a 300-pound man that's getting ready to beat your pastor to death. I don't know, I don't know MMA. I am not in, skilled in arts of kung fu. I don't know. I'm just going to body, like body splash him. Like I just... I'm going to hold your leg until somebody can come help me. I'm just, <laughs> I'll do something. And so I, I'm around the corner. I'm getting ready to grab this person. And right when I do, I look, and it's two 80-year-old women. <laughs> yelling in Spanish. They're sisters. And they are just going at it. Oh, and their little perms going back and forth. That's all I can see. Oh. It's just going, nobody knows what to do. And so I, I'm, 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 hey, we're not going down. You know, let's roll. Let's do this. And so I grab the one closest to me that's in the middle seat, and I grab her, and she goes like this, and I go, no. <laughs> Here's the deal. It translates into Spanish as well as it does English. It means the same thing. No. <laughs> she gets ready to go hit her again, and I go, No. <laughs> Flight attendants come back. I walk back to my seat. Um, I'm expecting a parade. Nobody said anything. Everybody's just like, what, what was going on? I'm like, there's some pretty mean people up on that second row. Probably could have taken us out, but good thing I unbuckled and I ran into danger. Here's the deal. I don't know why that happened to me. I don't know what, what was going on. I never thought in a million years I would be in that situation. Right, be dealing with that circumstance. And, and here's the reality for some of us when it comes to finances, when it comes to greed, we, we never thought it would be an issue. Right, we, we, we never thought we would be fighting the issue of greed when it comes to money, that, that we would be entrapped by it and we would be a slave to it. But, but here's the deal is that money is becoming a big issue. And, and what has happened is that we, it, it's not that money is bad, it's that we just haven't operated in it and with it the way God has directed us to it. And let's go back to what Ryan said last week. Good things become toxic things when they keep us from God things. And Jesus knew that this was going to be a problem. Jesus knew this was going to be an issue for humanity and especially in this nation. And so he, he says this verse he says this sentence that is our main text for today, Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He says, then Jesus said, beware, caution, guard against every kind of greed, for life is not measured by how much you own. Let that sink in for just a moment. Let's keep that up there for just a little bit. Beware, danger, right? This is, this is a caution, caution moment. Caution, beware, guard. This also means to watch. 
Watch against every kind of greed, for life is not measured by how much you own. And the reality is most of us, just being real honest, let's be real here, most of us live our life contrary to this scripture. Our identity is, is defined by what we drive, by what we own, and we may want to fight it, but for a large part of us, this is true. And so I, I, want, us to, I, I want to take one big point from this scripture today is, is this, is what Jesus is telling us. Watch out and be very aware of the greed trap. Watch out and be very aware of the greed trap of the constantly doing whatever it takes to get whatever you want, Uh, of coveting what everybody else has, what your friends have, what your neighbors have, what your coworkers have. Be, Be very cautious, be very aware. Watch and make sure for the greed trap. And and the reality is, we kind of repeat this a little bit, but that's okay. It's really easy to see in others, but really hard to self-diagnose in ourself. The greed trap. Here's good news for most of us here. Well, all of us here. All of us in this place, you are rich. Congratulations. You are rich beyond rich. Most of us in this place, um, let me give you some stats. Um, Compared to the rest of the world, if you make $20,000 a year, $20,000 a year, you're in the top 3.65% of the world's wealthiest people. Yeah, 30,000. You are in the top 1.23% of the world's wealthiest people. I got the last one wrong. We'll cover that in a second. The 60, if you make 60,000 a year, you're in the top 0.19% of the world's wealthiest people. If you make 100K, you are in the top 0.08% of the world's wealthiest people. So for us to not talk about greed, when greed is an absolute epidemic, when we don't have two and a half percent, just two and a half percent of people that are following Christ, given 10% of their income to tithe and, and to God's kingdom, we've got an issue and there's an epidemic that we better be talking about because here's what Jesus is saying. Your life is not successful. Your life is not successful because of the house you own. Because of the car you drive, it doesn't mean you lived your life well based on the vacations you got to go to or on the theater room that you might have. Your life is not a failure because you can't afford a house or because you are still driving a hoopty. Man, that hoopty's got some style now. Come on, don't, 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 don't. You're not a failure because you can't take that trip or you only make this much. No, that's not Jesus saying this. Your life is not measured. It's not successful. It's not a failure based on the stuff. It's not wrong to have stuff. The the problem becomes when the stuff has us. That's when the problem happens. And that's when greed sets in. So if we're going to fight greed, we've got to know how greed works. If we're going to watch out for the trap of greed, we've got to know how greed works. So here's the first thing I would tell you about the trap of greed. Greed always wants more and becomes the monster of more. Greed always wants more and eventually becomes a monster of more. Here's what that sounds like. Here's phrases we use. Well, I'll be good when fill in the blank. 
Or I'll be good when I make this certain amount of money. I'll be good when I can afford this house, when I can buy this, when I can do that. I'll be good. I'll be great. I will have, I will have arrived when fill in the blank. And here's a problem. Your blank keeps getting filled with the thing you said you would be good at, but you're never good at. You're never content. You're never okay because greed always wants more. Oh, I'll give when fill in the blank. And God fills in your blank, but you still don't give. See, it's not that there's a problem with what you have. It's a problem with how responsible you're being with what God has given you. And here's what the Bible says. Here's what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes. Richest man to ever live, right? He's got palaces. This guy is ridiculous wealthy. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 says this. Those who love money will never have enough and how meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness those who love money never have enough how meaningless how 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 foolish for us to think that wealth will bring true happiness well let's time out here just for a second i am not going to stand up here and say that not having money or or having money isn't fun because it can bring you some jet skis and boats and lake houses and if that atvs if that's you we need to become friends good friends like weekend friends like you let me drive things friends right like let's buddy where are you at all my life right i'm not we're not it's not bad to have the stuff It's bad when you're never content with what God has blessed you with and not faithful with what he's blessed you with because you're starting to stay a slave of more. Here's what's crazy to me. Greed, this is how greed works. We fight, we claw, we argue to get the stuff. We fight to claw, we argue to get the race, to get the promotion, to get the job, to get this, to get that. We make deals with God that we never keep our end up, right? Like, God, if you do this, I'll do that. Like, God, if you let me pass this test. Everybody prayed this prayer. I will study the next time, I promise. No, you didn't. Um, you just went, God, you helped me last time. Help me. You know, here's the deal. And and we come in and and we say, if this happens, if this happens, and we get in fights and we get in arguments and we compromise values that we know we shouldn't compromise and we don't do things we know we should do to grab and to get a hold of things that we really don't need because wealth doesn't bring true happiness. And I could take you to a place today. Well, it's closed today, but I could take you to a place tomorrow and through Saturday where people are taking the very stuff that they had to have and that they compromised and they got in fights and sometimes in some cases even caused divorces that they are truckloads and trailer loads and they are just pushing them out of their truck and their trailer and it's filling up landfills. All the stuff never brought the happiness but we became a slave to it because greed always wants more. It never comes to a place where it's content with what God has blessed us with. In fact, here's how crazy our nation is. We have so much stuff, right? We have so much, there's, there's, we have so much stuff. I need to stay focused right now. So much stuff that we have, we run out of room for all of our stuff in our houses, right? Like, and so we have to rent a place called a storage unit to store all of our, because heaven forbid we throw it away because we may need it 10 years down the road, right? 
can't do that. So we have storage centers for all of our stuff. And even when we're putting stuff in storage centers, we still don't come to a place where enough is ever enough. Why? Because greed has taken hold and we've allowed it to become the monster more. The second way greed works is this, is that greed values the temporary over the eternal. Greed becomes fixated on here and now. Greed allows you to give to maybe what are good things, but there's a difference between good things and God things. There's a difference between temporary and eternal things. And it keeps us, man, fixated, and it invests everything on the here and now instead of investing in what is eternal. And here's what the Bible says. And Jesus talked about it with the rich young ruler. Man, he talked about the rich young ruler, and the rich young ruler was ready and willing to follow him, but what couldn't he give? Couldn't give away his finances. It's one thing he couldn't give away. Jesus talks about it all the time, all the money. Go read the Gospels. And Paul talks about it. And if we have an issue with greed, we will talk about all kinds of other sins that are horrible and reprehensible and we don't understand. But but Paul talks about greed a lot. The Bible talks about greed just as much as any other sin. In fact, a lot more than a lot of other sins. And here's what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5 through 6. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater. It's meaning your value is coming from what you're buying. Your value is coming from something other than your Savior, Jesus. Your worth is coming from something other than Jesus Christ. Worshiping the things of this world. And here's what happens. We, we start doing pushback, right? Like some of us, while, while, while I'm up here speaking on a really uncomfortable topic, you're sitting there like this. Nah, nah. No, 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 no. If you, under, if you were in my shoes, if you got this, if you understood this, blah, blah, blah. And here's what verse 6 says. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Sounds serious. Because it is serious. <laughs> Sounds pretty harsh. Because it is harsh. Because here's the deal, as much as we want to minimize money, money is a big thing to God because it's a big thing to you. Because it makes a big impression on your heart and your soul. And you can try to divorce your money from your faith, but that's not how it works. So what do we do? What do we do if greed has a hold on us? If we were to be honest in this place and say, man, you know what, Justin? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. If you're a greedy person, raise your hand. No, that's not what's going to happen. You're like, man, it's got weird. Um, no, what, what do you do if this is the issue for you? It amazes me, all of us in here, if you've been coming to Foundation Church very long, you know I hate snakes, I hate them, I hate them, I hate them, I don't like them, and people keep sending me videos of them, and it's just stop, it's not helping my peace. Um, you're the reason I don't sleep on Saturday, no, I'm just playing. Um, but here's the deal, I, I, I research things like, okay, so what happens if I do get bit by a snake? How do they make the snake venom? Like, how do they make the antidote to the snake bite, right? Biggest fear in my life is no longer a fight happening on an airplane because I know I can handle that. It is now being bit by a snake. So um, what, it, what are they doing? It's interesting to me that the doctors, the chemists, the scientists, whoever does this, that the, the way they make the antidote to the snake bite and the snake venom is to take the venom to the thing that was literally meant to kill you, they take 
to heal you and make you better. And what is true for snake bites is very true when it comes to the area of money. It's not all of a sudden you don't spend money on anything. Hear me on this, and it's hilarious. So, anyways, um, the antidote to greed is this giving and generosity is the antidote to greed. Giving and generosity is the antidote to greed. You don't like hearing that right now, right? Because greed doesn't like hearing what cures itself. Giving and generosity is the antidote to greed. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 through 10 says, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation, fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So we kind of understand that. We know that. This is where some of us are, but hear what Paul tells us in verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so they may experience, check this out, true life. A life well lived. A life that was lived with purpose. This is Paul's instruction to those who are rich to us that this is the instruction i have a i have a really big dog he's about a hundred pound giant schnauzer his name's vader and he is my buddy vader's absolute favorite thing in life is this right here this is his actual ball that floats on the water he swims with this he chases this anytime we go outside he is not worried about peeing even though his bladder is about to explode he knows this ball is on the kitchen the the outside table in our backyard and he wants the ball i mean he goes out he's like ball 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 it's right there dad let's go let's go his nubs wagon i mean he's ready ball i'm like pee ball pee and here's the deal is i will throw this ball and he'll come back and he wants me to throw he's like yeah and we'll be playing with it but you know what he will never give it to me i'm like vader give me the ball vader give me the ball vader drop 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 you know i'm just yelling at him and he's like I, I, he wants me to throw the ball he wants to play but he is so hyped up that he's like i just can't give it to you because i love it so much i love it so much i can't drop it i can't drop it i can't ball you know he's ready to go and as, as crazy as it is, I'm just like, buddy, if you will just give it to me, you will enjoy the journey so much more. You will enjoy this moment so much more if you will just give me your stupid ball so I can throw it so you can really enjoy it. Can I tell you, I think God looks at that moment and I'm like, you dummy, just hand it over to me. And the same thing's true with our finances in the Lord. It's, it's, it's not ours, Right? And some of us were miserable. Some of us were guilt-ridden when it comes to this, this topic. Some of us were, were panicked. And I can tell you, God will never lead you. His, his, his way of finances never leads you into debt and never leads you into guilt. And, 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 and we've been doing it our own. And he's just saying, man, if you, would, if you would just hand it to me, I don't want anything from I want it 
I want this for you so that you can enjoy and you can live life, true life, with purpose. That's it. And you and I just have to let go. How do we let go? Tithing. Tithing's a great spot. Tithing's a great start. First 10% goes to him. First 10% of my check, Casey and I are now almost at 25% of what comes in. We just go out. Why? Because I, tithing's just a starting block for us. Man, as followers of Christ, it, it's just the starting block. It's about, are you listening to the way the Holy Spirit's telling you to function in this area of your life? Are you listening and are you asking, God, how would you have me spend your money? How would you give me, have me give away your money? Because it's not mine. And when you do that, it is super, super freeing, super fun, and super enjoyable. And the second thing is this. The other way, you do it consistently and generously. It, it's, it's amazing how fun it can be and how freeing it can be. And some of you, when I talked about my dog and the ball, you were like, it's just a stupid ball. Your dog's obsessed with this. That's why he's a dumb dog. This is his whole world right here. Can I tell you, I think you and I, we've made our world into something that's very much similar to this. That our father's looking at and being like, that's not going to make you happy. <laughs> Stop making your world about that. that you're going to get there and you're still going to be lacking and still wanting more because you're not releasing it to me. Jesus said this, and I, I, I'm closing. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Don't lay up... For yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also what you treasure what's really important to you your heart follows no one want to know where your treasure is take a look at your online banking Wherever your money goes, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Alfred Noble dropped the newspaper and put his head in his hands. It was 1888. Noble was a Swedish chemist who made his fortune inventing and producing dynamite. His brother Ludwig had died in France, but now Alfred's grief was compounded by dismay. He had just read an obituary in a French newspaper, not his brother's obituary, but his. An editor had confused the brother. Can you imagine? The headline read, the merchant of death is dead. Alfred Noble's obituary described a man who had gotten rich by helping people kill one another. Shaken by this appraisal of his life, Nobel resolved to use his wealth to change his legacy. When he died eight years later, he left more than $9 million to fund awards for people whose work benefited humanity, and the awards became known as the Nobel Peace Prize. Alfred Nobel had a rare opportunity to look at the assessment of his life at its end and still had the chance to change it. Before his life was over, Nobel made sure he had invested his wealth in something of lasting value. And I would just encourage you this is what you're investing in of lasting value. One of my favorite quotes is this by Jim Elliott, and I, I really am done now. It says this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. 
not a foolish thing. How are you handling the finances that God has entrusted with you? Because good things become toxic things when they keep us from the God things. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your word because your word is always there for our benefit. It's not there to beat us down and to beat us up, but to guide us, to direct us, to help us. And so, Lord, I pray for a lot of us, we just need your help. For a lot of us, when it comes to this area of our life, we just need your instruction and your direction. And, Lord, I pray that we would not have ears that are closed off, that we just keep excusing the way that we're living. But, Lord, we would just start to follow your will and your purpose and your word that is very, very instructive when it comes to this area of our life and it can make us mad and it can make us upset but I pray today that we would hear the heart of this message it is not to get something from us but it's to get everything for us it is that our our finances money would not be our master but it would be our servant it would not be our crutch it would be our tool and so Lord I pray today Lord, there would just be the application of your word so that there can be change in our life. Some of us were slaves of this stuff. It hasn't brought us happiness. It hasn't brought us joy. It just made us a little bitter. It made us stressed out. It made us panicked. Because we keep chasing after all this stuff, thinking that that's going to fill the hole in our heart when it never will. It was only a hole that you can fill in our lives and in our hearts. So Lord, I pray today that you would speak to us and that there would be change that happens. In Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. If you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. So Lord, you may be here and maybe where you're at in your relationship with Christ isn't where you should be, where it isn't where you need to be. I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to lead you into another room. We're just going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life and your everything. So when I get to three, if that's you, just raise your hand. One, two, I already see hands going up. Three, is there anyone else? You say, yeah, there's other hands. Is there anyone else? You say, that's me today. You join these hands that are lifted. Is there anyone else? Yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. It's about four or five hands written risen already is there anybody else you say Justin that's me there's just something that needs to get right in my life yeah I see you anyone else anyone else before we go any further say Justin that's me if you raise your hand if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart Jesus I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up but I ask for your forgiveness Jesus I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. Thank you.